Well, the Lord says to you, have I not reserved and preserved my psalmist? And God has been working, and planning, and preparing, and bringing you to a place, Jonathan, where he's bringing you to a place of fruitfulness. Not that you haven't been fruitful before, but he is bringing you to an oasis of springs of living water. Sometimes the dry times drive us into the Lord in a deep way, but he's bringing you out of that now. Uh, and, and it's all for his purposes. It's all for his glory. And out of your mouth shall flow rivers of living praise. And not only out of your mouth shall flow, live, flow rivers of living praise, but also out of your heart will cause, through the psalmist gift, rivers of praise to flow out of others' hearts. It has done in the past, but this is totally different. This is new, and this song is, is a new gateway into a new level. Thank God for all your wonderful songs. But we're saying that God has brought you to a place of maturing and that is going to be reflected in your songwriting. Songs of the people you shall write, says the Lord. Songs of the people. The songs that I put in your heart and that come out of your mouth will resonate with the hearts and experiences of my people. And you will give them songs to sing of me and I will change their hearts. And I will use you in ways unimaginable. And people will sing your songs. And your songs will comfort people at night. And your songs will comfort people during adversity. And words that people don't know what to say, you will articulate for them by my Spirit. And you will give my people the words that's in their hearts, but they don't know how to say them. They don't know how to sing them. They don't know the tunes of the Spirit. Tunes of heaven. Tunes of heaven. Tunes of heaven. Choruses of heaven. Refrains from heaven. Bridges from heaven. Coming into your life. Like a flow, like a river, like a fountain. To bless my people. For have I not reserved you, my psalmist? And have I not preserved you? For such a time as this, such a time as this, such a time as this, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, we're just waiting on the Lord and letting the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. These are called Holy Spirit Fire Services, not claiming anything that we're not, but we are setting a direction where we want to go week to week. What we want is to be set on fire by the Holy Spirit. We want to be ignited by God and by His Spirit in our lives. We want true encounters with the Holy Spirit. We want Him to do a great work in our hearts. That's our desire for these evenings. And the reason I don't have a pulpit here is not for your benefit, it's for my benefit, so that I don't get into preaching mode and hide behind my preaching gift when the Holy Spirit wants prophesyings. And I've got a word to share and I prepare a word, 
but it's not about sharing a word. It's about prophesying and being open to the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in our lives. A place that we can come, I pray, that this e- these evenings will be a place where we can come, where the Holy Spirit can meet with us, where we can spend time with him, where we don't have to follow any set agenda, but neither do we have to uh, do things to prove that the Holy, Sp- the Holy Spirit can do what he likes, and he does. And we, there's nothing we can do to make him do anything except say, here we are, Lord, touch our lives, touch our lives, let there be transformation, let there be manifestation, let there be outpouring, and let there be the glorifying of, of, of Jesus. You know, Emma, I had a, an, a very powerful picture uh, of you, and don't ask me to explain it because I can't, but it was a lovely picture. I saw you. I saw you, a glimpse, it was a snapshot. I saw you in later years, later years. And it was in your later years. And there you were, and you were so dignified. And you were so satisfied with God and also with your family. As I saw you, I didn't see your husband, I didn't see, but I knew your grandchildren were around you. And there was this dignity and there was this authority, and you know we talk about patriarchs, and you were like a matriarch, and there was this satisfaction, and although I couldn't see anybody around you, everybody around you was under your blessing. I could see shining from you, covering, blessing, wisdom. You know, is it Proverbs 28, the wife? 31, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Receive it. <laughs> Proverbs 31, you know, about the good wife. But this, this picture, this, it was just like a glimpse, you know. But this picture, it wasn't Proverbs 31 now. It was Proverbs 31 in total fulfillment. And, and I saw the end. I saw you there. And it was, it was just so wonderful. It, there, there's going to be such blessing. There's such family blessing coming your way. I don't know if you've got a special man in your life or not, and that's not really none of my business really, is it? But, but I just, I'm telling you, family blessing. You're, you're, you are going to be, have a, you're going to have, a, I mean, you maybe already have a blessed family, but you are going to have a blessed family and a blessed generation. I don't know why the Holy Spirit showed me that, but I'll just share that with you right now. Why don't we just wait in the Lord? And just let the Lord do what the Lord wants to do. I get the word or name or word Paris. I don't know what that means, so let me check. There's no one here with Paris in their name, is there? Yes? No. No one with Paris in their name. Yes? Paris. 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 Come up. That'll do. I've learned, not to, I've learned not to be choosy in that couple of weeks ago when I said there was a Claire in the house and, and all that stuff. And she was on the internet, but Paris. It, how do you spell it? P-E-R-E-Z. Perez. P-E-Perez. Okay, that's good. Is there anybody else? You've got Paris in your name? Or is there anybody that was born in Paris? just want to check, because I, I just got... You were born in Paris. You, come on up. Sometimes God gives you a word... And you have to unlock it, do you know what I'm saying? And so, um, 
And so we've got a Perez, that'll do for me. And we've got people that were born in, in Paris. So I just want you, just want you to, to just can't. Perez, just come up down. You were born in Paris. What's your name? Nancy. Nancy? Trina. Pardon? Trina. Felix. Felix. I didn't know you were born in Paris, Felix. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. All right. A new mantle comes upon your life. A new mantle, that which you have sought for in the spirit to do the works of God comes upon you now. A new mantle. A new anointing. See it, it's a mantle. It's like a cloak coming on you now in the name of Jesus. Mantle, Paris. Yes, Lord. Do you speak? Do you preach? Do you? Yes, sir. In what context? Uh, Have the um, uh, microphone. Just wait a second, because I want people to join with us in this. Um, I used to lead a church in in Israel, and um, and now here in Kiti, I'm one of uh, a Christian member. Sit your down, What do you do in Israel? we have a church there, and when the pastor left, I was the one who took over. And then uh, we started to uh, put up a church back home and, in, um, um, in the Philippines. Yeah. And uh, I'm involved, and I'm one of the, I'm one of the um, pastor in that church. Mm. And here in, at KT, I'm a street evangelist. So I preach the gospel uh, in Notting Hill Gate. And um, yeah. Even this uh, evening, I, I had a, a good conversation, an encounter with a, a man who had a lot of questions in his mind. So thank God that um, I have a good teacher. All those questions, by the grace of God, um, um, I gave it to him. And um, still, um, although he's, he did not give his life to Jesus, but I believe that there were uh, there's a lot of um, uh, 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 a barrier or, or, or broken uh, um, unbelief in that uh, man named Anton. So I keep on my prayer. Uh, I, I keep on praying for him that he will receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior even right now. Amen. Amen. Just come forward. We're going to all pray for you to release this mantle. I thought it was a type of preaching, preaching gift, but I didn't know the context of it. So now we know that there's already a context not only street witnessing, but in various things, a context for, for preaching. Preaching is, is, is caught, not taught. Of course, you can refine it and learning and all that, but in the end, preaching is a gift. Uh, I just feel the Holy Spirit wants me to give you a gift. And I believe that um, part of what God has gifted me with will come into your life. I, I don't know why I'm saying that, but that, that's the way. Paris. Father... We lift him up to you by the calling of the Holy Spirit as a congregation at the Holy Spirit fire service. We bless Paris in the name of Jesus and we release, Lord, the gifting of preaching. I know he already preaches, but we're talking about something new, that new mantle that you spoke about. Let that mantle 
fall upon him. Let his mouth, Lord, and let the words of his mouth come directly from the Spirit of the Lord. We release the anointing of preaching. Preaching. Speaking and proclaiming the word of God to break boundaries, to save souls and to encourage and edify the saints of God. We release that and we speak it. By the laying on of hands, I lay upon that portion of gifting that has been given to me that a similar gifting be given to you directly from the Holy Spirit. Receive from the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friend. All right. Come forward. Sorry, just remind me of your, of your name. Nancy. Nancy, how long, how long have you, I mean, you were born in Paris, were you raised in Paris as well? Yes, I came in the UK last year. Oh, last year, so you're, you're which is better, Paris or London? <laughs> I love both. Oh, I love both. Paris is actually, Paris is my favourite city. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know what I'm doing in London. There you go. Um, and, uh, Okay. Well, I just want, I just want, I just want to, we just want to pray for you and bless you because that was what the word was. And Father, we lift our sister up to you and we thank you for it. What do you do for a living? I'm a project manager. A project manager. What type of? Uh, I work in, I'm a consultant, so I'm currently on a project in Network Rail. Okay. I work for different kind of industries. And how's it going, the project? Is it going well? It just started, but the client ah. is happy, so yes. The client's happy, it's just started. That's what we're going to bless. We're going to bless that project, but we're going to bless you in that project. Joseph, I see, I see a Joseph anointing. This project, we're going to pray it, because we have to pray for it, but there's a Joseph anointing upon you. I don't know whether that's in general or just for this project, but we're going to pray and, and this project, we're going to pray that, that you really, everything you touch is blessed by God. And that, and that God will give you incredible wisdom for this project. And that, and that whoever's in charge of you will be a bit like Pharaoh, the nice Pharaoh. But you'll be Pharaoh's Joseph in this. Now, I don't know if that's a particular individual or whatever, you'll find. But in this project, you'll be like Pharaoh's Joseph. God's going to give you wisdom. People are going to ask you questions. There's going to be problems that people won't be able to solve, and you will be. God's going to give you divine insight. You'll just see it. You'll see it, and you'll solve these problems. And this isn't just for this program, but out of this, God is going to open other directions. From this project will come other openings and other doors. Father, we thank you. Name again, sorry. Nancy. I keep thinking. This way. Nancy, Lord, we lift Nancy to you and this project that's just begun. And Lord, we pray that you will give her a Joseph anointing, that you will give her wisdom, that she will hear things from God, that you will give her the interpretation of events, that you will give her insight into her aspect of this project, that she will be a problem such problem solver. God is going to use you to solve problems. There's going to be problems. Problems will come, but don't worry, because every problem that comes, God is going to give you the ability to solve. You've got a Joseph problem-solving anointing. And that problem-solving Joseph anointing is going to make a path for you. 
just like Joseph in his various projects when he was uh, uh, put in Potiphar's house before he had to leave. He was a problem solver. He solved problems for his master, and that brought him promotion, and that brought him a path. When he was put in prison, he was a problem solver, and he solved the problems of the jailer so well that the jailer put him in charge of everything because he was a problem solver. Even in the jail, he was solving problems for people, the baker and the cupbearer. And then he came into Pharaoh's presence and he solved Pharaoh's problems. He was a problem solver and that then took him to the heights of where he was going to go. You're going to be a problem solver. When you see problems, rejoice because God has given them. If you see other people with problems, help them. Solve their problems for, for them. They will be grateful. And this Joseph problem-solving anointing is, uh, is your path. It's your path. Never doubt it. Write these words down. This is your path. Your path. In Jesus' name. God bless you. So you, you were born, what's your name again? Junior. Junior? Yeah. Oh, how big senior? <laughs> and you were, you, were, you were born in Paris? Yeah. And uh, did you live there? You were brought up in Paris? Yeah, I brought up in Paris. Then I, I moved out when I was 12. Yeah? When I came out to London, so yeah. Ah, so you've been here since you're 12. You've still got your French language? Yeah. Yeah? Fluent in both, yeah. Yeah, and do you go back to France much? No, not at the moment. Not, not at the, the moment. moment. What do you do? I work in retail. Work in retail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how long have you been at KT? About three months now. Three months? Three months, yeah. Did you, did you go to churches beforehand or is this your first church? Actually, I got baptized at KT when I was 15. Really? And it was in the, the Acton. Oh, in, North Acton, yeah, the Tabernacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But after that, I just went to church on and off. Because I thought, yeah. when I came to church, it was like, I did feel like I was good enough kind of thing, you know, so yeah, I was yeah. just on and off at church, so yeah. now, but now, but now I want to take the Lord more seriously, so yeah. trying to stick with it, you know. Well done, Junior. Well, you're taking the Lord seriously, and God is taking you seriously, because I see a strong calling in your life, okay, a strong calling. God's going to use you in the ministry. Now, the ministry is a very broad thing, but God's going to use you in the ministry. And you're in the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing. These things take time and there are seasons, but I just want you to know, God's got his hand on you, Junior. And, and, and whatever else he does, one of the things he's going to use you, he's going to use you in the French-speaking world. So at the right time in the right way, if you see a mission going from KT or something like that to one of the French-speaking nations or something, you just carry that in your spirit, right? At the right time, God will ignite it. God's going to use you in the ministry. And here you are at KT. There's opportunities for you. But he's also, you weren't born in Paris, and that's why we got the word. You weren't born in Paris for no reason. You don't have that French uh, language for no reason. Um, and you, have, and, and you, were, you didn't come to London for no reason. It's all part of God's plan. 
And when you think, okay, things are just going along, and here I am, and what's happening, and you know, and this is okay, that there is real purpose, real purpose over your life. God has a real strong purpose for you, okay? And uh, this is going to be, and it's a strong purpose. And uh, we're going to pray for Junior. I feel silly calling you Junior because you're taller than me. <laughs> so what's your, what, if you're Junior, does that mean that you've got the same name as your father? And, is that, yeah, yeah, that's it. What's the name? Jiggy. Jiggy. Yeah, it's an African name. Oh, my, African. My, my dad's from Mali. Oh, your dad's from Mali. Because yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we'll have to get you to speak to Christian. We've got a strong connection with Mali. You know that. All right, okay, okay. We could talk here all night, can't we? we could talk here all night, can't we? But that's the point. All right, Junior. I can't, I, it's easy to say. Junior. Junior by name, but senior by nature. God will raise you up to be a senior minister. Ooh, whatever that means. A senior minister. God will raise you up to be. Be you are in the school of ministry, says the Holy Spirit. And you have come back to the place. And here I will shape you and sharpen you, train you and release you. And the journey of ministry begins. And I'll lead you and there's timings involved, says the Lord. But we release God's anointing to work God's prophetic work in your life in the name of Jesus, Junior. And may God perform all those things that he desired to do and may all those lives both London and also those French speakers in the world may God use you as an arrow in his quiver in the name of Jesus Amen <laughs> Remind me of your name I know Felix. you already Felix Felix you were, you were born in Paris Yeah I was born in Paris He's, he's my brother He's so your brother? Yeah, yeah. Your physical brother. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But you've been at KT for a while. Um, kind of similar, similar to him. Oh, I was well. For now, I've been I've been here for about two years, yeah. just over two years. But I got baptized here about ten years ago. I got baptized same day as Gabriel. Gabriel, <laughs> Did yeah, you? yeah. I got baptized same day as him. Yeah, about ten years, ten years ago. Yeah. What's your What's your desire for the What? what I hear the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's my words. What, what do you desire of the Lord for your life? Um, just, I just want my, basically I want what, what God's got planned for me in my life to come to pass, like my destiny, what he's called me here to be, to I, do. I, if I was to ask you, what, what, what would be your dream of destiny? What would you say? Don't it's all right, you know. Know, but but um, I feel I feel like I've been called to ministry as well. I think yeah. so. Mm. I think uh, so. Mm. So who's older? He's older. Junior's older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much older are you? He's, I'm 26. Three oh, years. Right. There's a twin ministry. Gl- you know, I was hoping that you would say something to do with ministry. I didn't want to say it myself because I thought, oh, two brothers, so they must both be, you know. No ministers, but yes, it's it's on you too. It's on you too. The ministry, especially with a preaching suit like that, that's what I like. That go down well. Felix, in the name of Jesus, we too call you into the spiritual ministry. 
Yes. I see you both on a mission together. I see you both going out together. Don't know how many times. I see you both going. I see you both ministering together. I see you preaching together. Is your mother a, a strong Christian then? Yeah, she's, she's the one that brought us to the, to the Lord, yeah. Yeah, she come to Katie or? Uh, she doesn't come to, she used to come to yeah. Katie, but she, she doesn't come to Katie. Well, she doesn't have to come to mm. Katie to be a mm. good Christian. Sorry, mm. Well, you, well you, you let her know that today there was a, a significant calling, a significant calling of the Lord, uh, a, a call of the Lord upon you both. She, she already knows. She, she's, the one <laughs> she that, uh, she, she's the one that prophesied to us. What did she say? That, that I'm going to be a pastor and preaching and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's all going to come to pass yeah. in Jesus' name. You tell yeah. her. She'll probably say, yes, I know. I already prayed it through. Well, <laughs> all right, Felix. Bless you. All right. That's a bit of good bit of Holy Ghost business. Better than getting stuck behind a pulpit. Um, I do have a, a little word to share with you, a prophetic thing that was on my heart. Um, Matthew chapter 18. And um, who is the greatest? Matthew chapter 18 and verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Whatever causes one of these little ones to, uh, to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. And so here comes the disciples, and they want to know who's the greatest in the kingdom of God. They want, they want to know who that is. And uh, their sort of models would be people like perhaps John the Baptist, Maybe they would think back into the Old Testament, think of Elijah's and Jeremiah's and David's and Solomon's and Isaac's and Abraham's and, and maybe other people from their Jewish history. Maybe they would think of the great Maccabean uh, era, uh, just a hundred or so years before Jesus when the Hasmoneans threw off the, uh, the Greek Empire and, uh, uh, and, and restored the temple. And they were thinking of the great Jewish heroes. And they were saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? We know that the disciples were, were obsessed by who was the greatest. We find another time that they were arguing uh, with one another about who was the greatest in the kingdom of God. And Jesus, again, was telling them that if you want to be the greatest, you have to be like a child. I mean, if we go to Mark chapter 9... Verse 33, which is a similar, Mark 9, 33. It's a similar. When they were in Capernaum, he, he was asked, 
when they came to Capernaum and when he was in the house, he asked them, the disciples, what were you talking about on the way? But they kept silent from the way they'd argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent him. There's two aspects to Jesus talking about the greatest. He brings a child out to the front and says that you need to become like this child. The child is the model. That's the first thing that he says. The second thing that he says is you need to receive a child. You need to value a child. So you need to become like a child, but he also says you need to receive a child. Now, what is Jesus speaking about? He is speaking right in to the heart of believers' lives about the very nature of the kingdom. Remember, this isn't who is greatest in politics in Great Britain today. This isn't who is greatest in the pops charts today. This isn't who is greatest in the sports today. This is who is greatest in the tables of the kingdom of heaven. This is the kingdom of God. And he says that the model of the greatest is a child. And that if we are going to become great in the things of God, then we have to be childlike. All the attributes of a child, all the good attributes of a child. The disciples didn't have much time for children. There was another time when the parents were bringing their children to be blessed by Jesus and the disciples were pushing them away and saying, what do you think you're doing? What do you think doing? This is, this is an adult ministry. This is, this, is, this is a mature ministry. He hasn't got time to lay hands on your babies. Take them back to the creche. That's where they should be. And Jesus was like, stop. Let these children come to me. And so they didn't think much of children. They were to be, well, they were, they were the, there's that saying, children should be seen and not heard. Well, in those days, they shouldn't even be seen or heard. They should be kept out of it because in the disciples' mind, they were dealing with the big things. They were, they were the big shot Jesus and they were doing the big shot things and children need to get out of the way because they were important men. Saying who is the greatest in the kingdom might be saying who is the most important and the problem with the disciples is they had a continual delusion of self-importance. Self-importance. The twins, two of them, came to, to Jesus, got their, got their mother to go to Jesus, his cousin, and say, uh, can my sons sit on your left or your right when you came, come into your kingdom? Peter was always trying to show off, always trying to show that he was the best. They were always looking for importance. They were looking at the greatest. They believed that Jesus would overthrow the Roman Empire and set up a new Davidic kingdom and they'd missed everything. And so when Jesus put a child in front of them, they must have thought, what on earth is all this about? This is the total opposite. You should put a king before us and say, this is what you should be like. You should put one of the great prophets or warriors of the Old Testament, you know, a David, a Samson. You should put these before us. These are the things that we're aspiring to. The great and the well-known and the, 
the powerful and, and the able. These are the greatest in the kingdom of God. But instead, Jesus brings someone who's vulnerable. Children are vulnerable, aren't they? So, uh, a child that is vulnerable. A child that is a dependent. A dependent. A child is dependent on others. So we have this vulnerable, dependent child that's nobody special, that's not this great, powerful David figure or Solomon figure or whatever figure that they were thinking of, but is just there, humble, dependent, relatively innocent, and, uh, and he says, if you become like this, you'll be greatest in the kingdom of God. Now, although we might say, oh, isn't that nice, Jesus brought a little child. All right, yes, become like a little child, but it is a path to greatness. Sometimes when people have looked at Jesus' consistent teaching, I showed you a couple of passages, this was his consistent teaching, it wasn't a one-off, when it talked about being great in kingdom things, he always pointed to a child. So it was his consistent, if you want to be great, and you know, wanting to be great is a good thing. If you want to be successful and great in the things of God, if you want a big reward, a big heavenly reward, and a big, this is my child in whom I'm well pleased on the earth, then you need to become like a child. This is a path to great things. Kensington Temple and God's call on us as Kensington Temple to be great in the kingdom of God, then we have to become childlike in our faith. Christianity is all about trust issues. You say, what is Christianity? It's about trust issues. It's about our trust issues with our Heavenly Father. Whatever problem you're facing, whatever mountain you're called to move, whatever your destiny, I say to you, become as a little child and you will be great. And powerful in the things of God. Great and powerful. A little child to be great. Jesus was given, giving us a path of power. A path of greatness. So this is an amazing thing. It's not about, oh, let's all humble ourselves like a little child. Well, we should. But that is a step to power and greatness in God's terms. Not greatness in front of the world but greatness in God. You know, God loves to take the humble. God loves to take the small. God loves to take the insignificant. God loves to take the nobodies and shame the somebodies. We know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 or 2. We know that. It says that, that the wis God's wisdom is not the wisdom of this world and that, God delight and that not many of us that were chosen, not many wise, not many successful, not many famous. You know, if you're wise, successful, or famous when you're called into the kingdom of God, you are worthy of double humiliation and humbling because you shouldn't even be here. I remember the look on some rich people's face when I was quoting from James and, 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 and Jesus said, how hard is it for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God? He meant, how hard is it a rich person to enter into the great things of the kingdom? Why? Because the big dangers of rich, of being rich and powerful and successful, the big dangers are you actually believe your own success. 
So that's why it's hard. And, 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 I, and the look on some of the rich members of the church faces. When I began one Sunday morning, I feel the anointing to preach on James and told them, if you're rich, I'm surprised you're even here today. Because the kingdom of God is designed for the poor. The kingdom of God is designed for the nobodies. The kingdom of God is designed for the marginalized. The kingdom of God is designed for the forgotten. The kingdom of God is designed for the weak. So if you're rich and famous and you're in the kingdom of God, then you better get it on your face and glory in your humiliation, James says, because you shouldn't even be here. It's a double miracle that you're saved. And by the way, if you're rich and famous and powerful in the kingdom of God, get to the back of the queue. Get to the back of the queue. You're going to get served last. Get to the back of the queue. You're used to being at the front of the queue when you're in the airport and you go down that business track or that first class track and you don't have to wait to get your back. You're used to going at the front of the plane. You're used to being at the front of the doctor's queue. Well, in the kingdom of God, get to the back. But all those that are forgotten, all those that are poor, all those that are marginalized, all those that, that, that are suffering, you come to the front of the queue because you are God's priority class. I don't know where that came from. I just thought I'd throw that out. I just thought I'd throw that out. I'm going to get back to what I was doing. Um, uh, yes, not many. Not many of us famous. Not many of us rich. So if you come to the kingdom of God with some powerful gifts... You better humble yourself like a child. I mean, that, th this is a great message for you. Or if you think you're somebody, you've already become a nobody in God's eyes. The moment, I mean, Colin has been leading us throughout this weekend on going deeper with God. And, uh, and the moment you think you're a somebody with God, you become a nobody. The moment you know you're a nobody with God, you're on the path to becoming a somebody. And so to humble ourselves like a little child is a path to greatness because only the mindset of a child to their father in heaven can take the type of power and influence that God wants to bring to us. Also, the kingdom of God works in secret. Now, sometimes we want to make a huge big kingdom splash. We want to tell the world who we are and take big stadiums. And I'm not against any of those things in their place. They're important to stand up and say, here we are, right? So don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But, you know, really, how do you take a city? With big stadium meetings? No, that will be the cherry on the cake. How do you take a city? Behind the scenes, quietly, hidden. Nobody knows what's going on. One day, all of a sudden, it manifests what God is working in the quiet places, with the quiet people, in the quiet things, away from the glare of media. I don't know why so many preachers and ministers court the media. That's the opposite to where God works. You say God works in the media? Yes, but that's, that's not his main focus. It doesn't say in the parables of the kingdom that the kingdom of God is like a big spotlight on a powerful preacher. The kingdom of God is like a TV station. No, it says the kingdom of God is like yeast that's put in bread. Nobody sees it. Nobody can see it. It's too small. But what happens is, as the bread is baked, it spreads throughout the bread and it does its work. 
The kingdom of God is like the smallest seed that nobody pays any attention to. Nobody's interested in it. Nobody looks at it. Nobody's bothered about it. In fact, it's discarded. But this smallest seed, the mustard seed, when it's planted, it's out of view. It's trampled upon. Nobody knows it's there. But in that tiny, humble seed is the potential of a greatest bush of all which even the birds can come in and, 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 and sit in. The kingdom of God works behind the scenes. The kingdom of God is attracted to humble places and humble people. You don't get much more humble than a stable, do you? Let me say this again. This is, this is, this is so, the kingdom of God is attracted to humble people and humble places. You know, everybody, everybody wants to win the prime minister to the Lord. Everybody wants to win the latest X factor to the Lord. And if anybody famous does get saved, God help them, because there's a whole bunch of Christians that want to stick them full stage, front and centre, and show them off to the world. These things are not of God. These things are not of God. Because if rich people get saved, fine. But Jesus said... The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The poor, the common, the despised, the overlooked, the unnoticed. They're the people. They're the key to taking London. Do you know that? I pray Boris, uh, our Mayor Boris gets saved. But don't pray that he gets saved because he'll be key to London revival. No, the, the keys to London revival, the keys are the, are, are the people out there the nobodies, if I can use that word. They're not nobodies in God's eyes, but they are to everybody else. It's the humble, it's the quiet, it's the behind the scenes. It's the hidden. And if you're here today and you don't think much of yourself, and you think, well, what have I got to offer? And you think, well, you know, what am I going to... You are very important to God. Because it's you and people like you that can turn a nation around. God works in secret. God works with humble people in humble places. We humble ourselves as a child. And the key thing about a child is dependence. I could go on. I'm not going to preach anymore. But I'm going to, as if I could have the pianist. The key, this is my final point, then we're going to move into it. The key word of a child is dependence. 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 That's the difference between a child and an adult. A child is dependent on its parents. When you become an adult, you become of age. When you become an adult, you can do things by yourself and for yourself. But there's no adults in the kingdom of God, only children. You weren't saved to become an adult in the kingdom of God, but you were saved to become a child in the kingdom of God. This must affect the way we view ourselves and the way we view others. If we humble ourselves, we can be lifted up. Thank God. Holy Spirit, why don't we ask you to come, Lord. We honour you in this place today. We honour you in this place today, Lord. We ask for your Holy Spirit, Father, to come and enter our lives right now. To touch us. To minister to us. What we need, Lord, is the Spirit of the living God to interact with our lives. 
We need divine encounters with you, Lord, divine words from you. For you, O Lord, are great and mighty in all that you do. Holy Spirit, you are moving across the earth. Lord, you see all things. You see all the horrors of the earth in a moment of time. You see the struggling and the hungry. You see the downtrodden and the persecuted. You're there right now. You're there right now, Lord, where you're dishonored. In the restaurants and the pubs and the clubs and the households that do not honor you, do not know you, you're there. You see hearts far away from you. Don't give a second thought to you. You're there in the war places and the battle zones. You're there, you're watching. Nothing is hidden from you, Holy Spirit. Things that you must see, Lord. The horrors of this fallen world and the sinful human condition that must rise before you. Rise before you as a stench. The things you have seen, Holy Spirit. The things that you're witnessing in this city of ours. Even now, the horrors and the pains that you witness, Holy Spirit. The things that you see. If we were to see what you see and the horrors of sin dishonor to the name of Jesus hearts dead cold if we were to see those things or sense those things for one moment we would be crushed beyond repair we are not unaware Lord what you're doing and what you're seeing and where you are and even the Holy Spirit, when you seem far away, you're not. You're here. When we talk about your visitations, it doesn't mean that you're not here. It just means that you display or manifest yourself. Lord, we know and repent of so much in the church that isn't you at all. It's not you at all. We ask forgiveness when we identify you with people falling over or shaking and say, oh, that must, as if that's all you do. As if that is what a Holy Spirit service is, somebody falling over. Or we limit you to your gifts. A miracle, a miracle, the Holy Spirit. Thank God for all those things. The shaking and the falling and the encounters. Thank God for all those things. You are, you are the executive God's executive on earth. You are God on earth, Lord. And we just come to you, Lord. We don't box you in. We're asking you to do anything, forcing you, pressurizing you to do anything. We're just coming to you and acknowledging you, Lord. We're just acknowledging you in this house. We're not even asking you to do anything right now, Holy Spirit. We just want to acknowledge you. We know we're not much, but what we are is by you, Lord, Holy Spirit. We know we're a mess, but any good in us, you did. You're so generous and kind-hearted. No wonder the fruits of the Spirit are your character, Lord. 
because you're so patient with us. So patient with us. You're so much more patient with us than we are with one another. And you're so kind, generous. You understand our fallen condition. And you understand our frailties. And you're for us and not against us. The things we do and the things we say that grieve you, but yet you're still there working. It's like you roll up your sleeves, Lord. You get into the cesspits of our lives and you start cleaning us up. And you're in us even when we're sinning. You're in us even when we're bitter, arguing. Everything a child, that child image is not. Talking about who's the greatest and who's the best. And you're watching and you're hearing. And you're grieved, but you just continue working anyway. Thank God you never give up, Lord. Macrothumia, patience, the fruit. Long-suffering, long-tempered, never giving up, never, ever, ever giving up, never, ever losing hope in our lives, never, ever giving up on us. Thank God you never give up on us, ever. You'll never give up on us, never, never, never. How wonderful are your ways, O Lord. How marvellous your goodness and kindness to your people. Your generosity and your love and forgiveness Holy Spirit we thank you that we're saved we thank you that you pulled us out of that fallen world on a great rescue mission and you applied the sacrifice of Jesus to our hearts you turned our no to Jesus into yes work in our lives we pray oh Lord come visit us come visit us Lord visit us Come, Lord, make us into the image of Jesus, we pray. Holy Spirit, may we become like you. And in becoming like you, we become like Jesus. In becoming like Jesus, we are true children of the Father. Oh, Holy Spirit, renew our minds. Wash our minds today with the word of God and the grace of God. Lord, we lean on you today. We call on you, Lord, because we've got no one else to call on. We've got no one else to help us, Holy Spirit. There's no one, no one to help us. No one to help us. No one can help us, Lord. Only you. We can't help ourselves. We can't even help one another. We can only help one another by releasing you that is within us. Come amongst us, Holy Spirit. In these days of great judgment, let there be drops of mercy raining down on the church. In these days of great arrogance within the church, have mercy and melt our hearts. Hold not our sins against us, Lord Holy Spirit, but look as you always do to the blood of Jesus, the Savior. And for his sake, minister to us in greater power, and greater measure in these days. We humble ourselves before you. We ask you to remember us. Do not forget us or overlook us, Lord. Though we deserve to be overlooked, though we deserve to be forgotten, though we deserve to be judged, we ask for mercy. Mercy. Mercy, Holy Spirit. Visitation. Oh God, we know 
that when you come in power, everything is manifested. The goodness of God is manifested, but so also the flesh is manifested and the devil's manifest. When you come, Lord, so Lord, make us a people that when you fall, there'll be little flesh to manifest and that what you've done in our lives will come the purity of God and the power of God and the presence of God and the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the koinonia of you, Lord, fellowship with purpose, partnership. Oh God, partner with us. You are the senior partner. We are the rebellious junior partners. We think we know you, we don't know you. To know you is not to know you. To know you is to understand how great and marvelous you are and beyond and beyond everything we could imagine you are above and beyond. To pigeonhole you like a pigeon when you're the dove. You do as you want. You go where you go. You blow where you blow. That's what you said to me, Lord, that day in the car. You said, I blow where I will. I believe that, Lord. I believe and yield, we yield ourselves to say, yes, you blow where you will. It's our will that you blow. You don't blow where we will. You blow where you will. Therefore, blow where you will, but don't forget us, Lord. Don't forget this house. We, as, as members, we as here, the body of Christ, represented in this service tonight. We represent Kensington Temple to you as a congregation. All the brothers and sisters that are part of this ministry here and around the world, don't forget us, Lord. Have mercy upon us. Do the great work in the heart. Do the greatest work in the heart, Lord. Have mercy. I mean, pour out, Lord, we pray, grace and mercy for the sake of the Master, for the sake of Jesus, our Lord. Do not forget this house. Do not forget the former stirrings the former moves and the former visitations in this house, London and the world. We thank you for your workings and your deepenings in these days. We need more, Lord. We need a visitation, Lord. Something that is only the authentic finger of God. There's so many magicians, Lord. So many magicians. Magicians, Christian magicians, saying this is the hand of God and that is the hand of God and this is the finger of God. But it's man-made. It's not your finger. It's not, it's counterfeit. Oh God, come Lord Jesus, by your spirit, move in the hearts of your people. Our motivation is not right. Heal our motivation. The trouble of the heart, the heart of the trouble is trouble in our hearts and our hearts are greatly troubled. Therefore we invoke and call upon the Holy Spirit who is the Lord of hearts, who has created a new heart in our lives and a new nature in our hearts. And we invoke the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Hear our prayer, Holy Spirit. Come and abide and work the works of God in our lives. Oh, we're asking for the miracle that starts within. We know the signs and wonders will follow. We're not concerned about the signs and wonders as others may be. We've seen the signs. We've seen the wonders. We want the God of the sign. The sign 
points to you is what we want, Lord. We've seen the wonders. We want the God, the wonders signed to, the wonderful God. That's you, Holy Spirit. Now you can bypass us and we'll get what we deserve. You can bypass us and give us what we deserve. Or maybe the blood of Jesus speaks of better things. Maybe the blood of Jesus has power to turn our hearts around and to cleanse us and to cleanse our minds and motivations. Perhaps you could take from the blood of the altar of God say 2,000 years ago and bring application, Holy Spirit application. The blood that was slain 2,000 years ago has released you and you answer to the blood. You may not answer to our prayers for they are fallen and they are weak and, and we are vessels of clay. Dirty on the outside, dirty within. You know these things. But perhaps you would answer to the blood of Christ and for His blood You'd visit us in these days. Cause this to be fertile ground. We can't do it without you. We can pretend to, but we need you. But more than acts and works, heart. We lift our hearts to you today, Lord. Let's stand in the presence of the Lord. Let's lift our hearts to him. I've been praying for us all, all of us. These are holy things. This is our holy God. This is the Holy Spirit. Lord. Cleansing breath of God. Burning coals on the lips. Deep calls to deep. Words of spirit and words of life coming to the innermost part of our hearts. Tearing off the filthy rags, self-righteous, self-importance, coming to you like little children, Lord, tonight. Dependent, hopeful, innocent, cleanses and make us innocent. Childlike, uncomplicated, childlike. Jonathan, if you would sing that lovely song of yours again, just over us as we receive.